Spring is in the air at Littleton Coin Company, and we want to help you brighten your collection. Visit us at littletoncoin.com all month long to enjoy 15% off your purchase. With a wide selection of coins, paper money, supplies, and more, Littleton Coin Company has something for every collector's taste. Use promo code SPRING at littletoncoin.com for 15% off your purchase all month long. Restrictions apply. Littleton Coin Company. Serving collectors since 1945. The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. And that's when I started learning, like, oh, my God, I hate myself. Mm. I don't know why I hate myself, but I know I hate myself. And it's holding me back from succeeding in so many avenues because of this hatred. Hey, besties. Welcome back to another episode of I Missed Me. I am extremely excited today because I have Rachel with me today. She is the host of The Defense Rests, and she is a lawyer who loves makeup and fashion. She is the host of The Defense Rests podcast, and she is also a business owner. She has her own cosmetics line, which called royalty cosmetics and i am extremely excited to talk about that today because i am also a business owner and i know how much work it goes into everything so welcome rachel thank you thank so much you. for being with me today how I'm are you so excited i am good i'm a little nervous but i'm excited <laughs> <laughs> i want to right off the bat i want to start talking about your business because i admire business owners so much especially i i started super young having my own like clothing brand and i know how much work it goes like behind everything so what inspired you to to start so i think in order to like know kind of like what inspired me to start my cosmetic brand it kind of like I have to go back a little bit more so into my childhood. Yeah, please. So I had a really, like, just as most people do, I'm not special for this. <laughs> I had a really, like, terrible upbringing, like, between my childhood and especially, like, my teenage years. Mm -hmm. They were just so, like, heartbreaking and heavy. And so by the time I was barely 16 years old, I was completely living on my own. Like I didn't have family. I was living out of this studio apartment that I was illegally renting because I wasn't an adult You were yet. 16? I was 16. That's so admirable. I was barely 16. And so I was renting out of this like dingy studio apartment in a really bad part of town. And the only two things I literally owned was a mattress and a pot that I pulled out from a dumpster that was right next to like the studio that I was living in. And Oh, I'm sorry. I just haven't talked about this out loud almost my whole life. Um, so those were the only things that I had. And I was working this job. And it's going to sound like such a strange job. It was at this bar and grill. And I was the hostess, the janitor, and the barista, which is so nasty. Because, like, at 16, you don't it's know proper not, sanitation. I don't think it's nasty at all. But so that's, that's what I was incredible. Doing. Thank that's you. That's amazing. And so I remember, you know, at that point in my life, I had just been berated and just emotionally tormented forever to where I didn't really have any confidence in myself. And I didn't really have any self-esteem. And I truly believed 
I myself was bad and flawed just for existing as the person that I am. Mm. And so I remember also, as anyone can imagine, when you're a 16-year-old young girl by yourself, predatory men are going to take advantage of that. And (laughs) just horrendous, horrendous things happened. At that point, I had no one to protect me but myself. And I was just in this shell of sorrow and pain and fear and I remember I took a little bit of the money that I was making and I went to like a CVS and I had bought these two lipsticks and one was this bright orange and this other one was like this very deep purple that was almost a black color and I just remember I I put on that deep purple color and it was almost like I took my authority back like I felt this power And I was like, wow, no one can mess with this girl. Like, she looks strong, and she looks authoritative and powerful. And I remember it was like these personas, these armors that I was able to put on to honestly survive and get me through that time that I was in. And it got me to college. You know, I was able to be strong enough to finish up my high school diploma online and take all my exams and get into college. And then I remember... In college, like, obviously, my college years were, (laughs) everything was pretty rough. I was homeless for a little while in college as well. And I just remember finally getting to this point of somewhat stability. So in college, around 19, I was, I became homeless and I was living in my car for not very long, but I was living in my car for around two or three months. And it actually got me into nightlife. And from nightlife, you know, it's all glam. It's so glam. And I really got to start playing in makeup then and just being so expressive with it. And I wasn't a very outward extrovert. But when I did my makeup, I was able to have that persona. Another person. Yeah, I was this other person that was able to now survive more by making money. And I, it was all these personas in glam that I was able to put on. And then eventually, you know, as time went on and I became older and my life was able to change for the better, makeup then now just became an art form of expression to express the uniqueness of being rare, of not following social trends and just being yourself. And so I remember it was my last year of law school. Uh, It was 2018. It was my last year of law school. And I was talking to my dad, who's my adopted dad. Um, So he wasn't around for like my childhood or anything like that. And he asked me, he's like, what do you want to do more? Do you want to be a lawyer or do you want to be a business owner? And I remember I just started like crying because I never thought ever I could own a business, especially cosmetic business. And especially when you're a girl and you grow up and like, the early 2000s and you're basically told like that's a man's job is to be a business everything yeah yeah i mean according to the patriarchy everything's a man's job besides cooking and cleaning yeah god forbid they have to take care of themselves yeah (laughs) but um i just started crying because i knew the answer was business but i couldn't give up being a lawyer because i felt that i had this insane gift of practicing law and i'm great at it And I just couldn't turn my back on thousands of people that needed my help. And they were people that were once me and I needed someone to help me. Exactly. Yeah. And so I remember I told him, I have to be a lawyer. I I can't, I have to give up my dream of being a business owner. And my dad called me the next day. I cried all night and he was like, what have you found a way to combine the two? 
And I was like, wait, you are the smartest man to have ever walked earth. And so I played around with the idea for a little bit. And I was like, wow, I can't believe this has never been thought of or done. The cosmetic world is a multi-billion dollar industry. You know, there's so much competition. Yeah, there's so much competition. But if you're able to break through the economic resources that you're able to attain, through that money that and also i think it's a business that never ends like people are never going to stop eating buying clothes or buying makeup no like that is yeah in fact if you look because i was getting my mba during covid during the recession and the only thing that did not drop down economically was makeup makeup and fashion were actually the two things that skyrocketed during a recession everything else went down and it just shows you the power but the importance it is of people, people feeling good. Yeah, of people feeling good and feeling like just for a brief moment in this world, they just, they get to be in la-la land. They get to be aloof. They get to have fun, you know, and not have to think about all the other hard things. And so I just thought to myself, man, if I if I could harness the power, the economic power of the beauty industry, I would be able to take a portion of all proceeds that I make, put it over to the side for funding for free criminal defense work for women that are sex trafficking victims that are now being prosecuted by the state for crimes they were forced to commit by their traffickers, which sounds like it doesn't happen, but Mm. it's so common that LA County has a court called Star Court that is just for this, as well as free legal defense for minority children that are being targeted by a very obvious racist system. And so I was like, man, if I can do that, and I could harness that power and grow some success, I would be able to take a portion of all those proceeds and also be able to create a nonprofit That's legal amazing. defense firm That's and represent amazing. people and do it all. So it was just that story and like how it all came together to inspire me to create this cosmetic business that is honestly much deeper than just a cosmetic business wow. because of the social justice impact. And because of the story that you have like behind it. Wow, and like listening to your story, first of all, I want to congratulate you. And like, I don't, I'm not going to cry, but (laughs) I just feel like so proud of you for, yeah, for like being the person that you are today and like with the background that you have. You were alone, I want to say alone for most of, you know, growing up. And it's years that like a lot of people need support there and you didn't necessarily have it. But how do you think that built your relationship with loneliness? Like, what is your relationship with loneliness now? Yeah, I think I think in the beginning, before I started my healing journey, it was painful. And, you know, not to, like, be triggering people, but it was a very, very, very dark spot in my life for a very long time yeah. where I didn't really know if I wanted to still be here. I didn't think it was worth it I was tired I was exhausted and to me just putting one foot in front of the other was like for what yeah for what I I was alone I was scared all the time I didn't feel loved and I didn't see an end in sight to all of this pain and eventually you know I made some horrible decisions that you know ended me up in hospitals and ended me up in in therapy rooms as well but at the same time it was one of the best things that could have ever happened because after I got 
a much needed help that I needed, I was able to get to a point where I don't ever actually feel lonely because I'm now at a point where I actually love myself. And because I love myself, I know that I am enough. And if I don't have a partner next to me, that's okay because I'm still enough. And it'll come eventually. Mm -hmm. If I don't have the biggest group of girlfriends, that's okay. Because, like, I'm my own friend. I can go out by myself and have a great time. And maybe I only have three girlfriends, but they're solid. Mm -hmm. You know? So I think the most important part is healing. Because you can take loneliness and it can be so tumultuous at one point but through healing you can flip it to something so beautiful how do you start that that healing process because there's a lot of people that like listen to the podcast and like struggle with being by themselves and also have a rough background or like just got out of a toxic relationship and like fully hate themselves and that's what they text me like i hate myself i don't know how to start loving myself and like sometimes when you have a rough background or you were not taught how to do it growing up it's like hard to know where to even start how is that for you yeah so how my healing journey like began one was when i was forced into therapy and that didn't really get me anywhere because when if you lead a horse to water you can't make it drink right yeah but eventually where it got to the point where i have almost become addicted to wanting to continue to heal was through running it sounds so ridiculous and i'm running yeah It, it doesn't sound ridiculous at all yeah because it forces you to spend time with your thoughts with your and thoughts. yeah and sorry i interrupt you but um that is the only way that you're going to be able to ever heal is if you allow yourself to listen to what your brain has to tell you yeah so it was insane because i i picked up running again and when you're running when you first begin running all what you can think of is okay, I'm dying. Just get oxygen in through your nose, out through your mouth. You are going to die soon. And that was the only thing that was consuming my head because it was so hard. But eventually when it started becoming easier and I don't listen to music when I run, I was listening to self-help podcasts. And when you are running your mind, so how your brain functions and works is that it's impossible to be able to be doing everything it's supposed to be doing all the time. So There's a lot of things that you do that the brain just kind of is on the back burner, like tying your shoe, right? Mm -hmm. You don't think of tying your shoe. You can just do it. Or when you're driving and you're not, th you're thinking about everything yeah. but the road. And then you, you get to your destination. You don't even know how you got there. Exactly. So while you're running, your body is just picking up and it's working. And so because it's working, it doesn't have all this power to suppress your darkness, which is what you are able to do when you're just sedentary and you're just alone, you can suppress things. But when you're running and your body is working in a manner to propel you forward and get the right oxygen, keep your heart rate down, it's too busy focusing on those things. So I realized that my thoughts were able to really come through. Something in a podcast could trigger a thought and my brain would just go. And I was with myself. And it was you were forced to think about it. I was forced to think about it. I was forced to live in it and sit in it and not suppress it or ignore it. And that's when I started learning, like, oh, my God, I hate myself. Mm. I don't know why I hate myself, but I know I hate myself. And it's holding me back from succeeding in so many avenues because of this hatred. And then obviously from there, I got a therapist and stuff like that so I could really have someone help me dive down on the core issues of well how did I get here how did I hate myself did you ever answer that question as to like why yeah I did so growing up my whole 
my whole life, everything was always my fault. And I was always flawed in some way. Because that was what you were told? Mm-hmm. So by everyone that's meant to love you and protect you in this world, I was berated. And I was just such a terrible person for liking the color black, for wanting to be alternative, for being goth, for being vocal, for not wanting to follow a certain path. I was just, I can't even dive into like how terrible it was, but I had just gone to a point where like, I was like, okay, like I'm a bad person. Like I'm because not everyone saying, says it, then yeah. I must be. Yeah, when you start hearing it at a young age, forever, then it's like, okay, well, this guy broke up with me because it's my fault. I'm a bad person. Mm. Like, uh, okay, I didn't get the job. It's because I'm a bad person. Mm. I'm, I'm not worth it. Mm. I wouldn't, you know, you start thinking then you don't realize that that's what you're thinking because you've been conditioned from such a young age. And even take away my trauma, and we can just focus on just the trauma of being a woman, <laughs> You can, you have to be thin, but you can't be too thin because then you look, you know, anorexic, but you can't be anorexic because then you're just asking for attention when it's really a medical disorder, but you can't be more than a size four because then you're too fat. You have to have a boyfriend because you have to be wanted by men, but you can't do anything with the boyfriend because then you're a whore <laughs> and you have to be successful and independent and be a girl boss, but You also have to have a partner. And if you don't have time for your partner, then you're a terrible wife and you're a terrible mother. And you should be at home more. You can never win as a woman. So inherently as women, even without any of my own personal trauma, there's trauma in and of itself to where you're never enough. You're never smart enough. You're never loved enough. You're never pretty enough. You're never thin enough. You're never athletic enough. It's, there's this line that they want women to run down to where you can't make any moves because it's always the wrong move. Hmm. So I think even if someone's sitting there being like, I had a great childhood, but I feel this way too. Okay, well, that's probably normal because of how you were conditioned throughout your whole life. Hmm. Wow. What Owning a business requires a lot of things and there's so many things that go on behind the scenes that people don't necessarily see that maybe you didn't know you were getting yourself into until you're actually in it. Mm -hmm. What have been those things that you're like, I did not expect this. This is not something that I thought I was ever going to go through. Like I, I, I didn't know that this brand went through that until I'm going through that actually myself. Oh, <laughs> I think I did not realize how much time a business really does take. <laughs> Which sounds silly. No. But you think, okay, I'm going to start this business, post a few times on social media, life will be great. No. I think that's the biggest misconception is just posting on social media. Like, it, mm. oh my God, I, I wish people could like see it mm. firsthand. It takes up so much time from planning and designing what you're doing next, which you have to start doing a year before it ever launches, to quality control, to testing, testing on different subjects, testing on, for fashion, different body sizes. Uh, for me, testing on different skin tones and different skin textures. And then on top of that, finances, funding, accounting. Mm -mm. And also like when you're taking into account finances, you also have to take into the account economics. So I also have an MBA. 
So you have to take into account economics. So now you have to try to predict the market for what the market's going to be like in a year from now when your product's out. What are the trends going to be like? What are people going to be looking for? Are we going to be in a recession? Are we going to be in a surplus? And people don't realize all this stuff behind it. And then even with posting content, you have to create all of these ideas. And again, you have to go back through trending on the market, on social media markets. And then on top of that, it takes hours to film this marketing and it can't just be an aloof marketing it has to be tied to something even my besties this is for everyone that's looking to learn a new language whether you have an upcoming international trip or want to connect with friends and family or a new culture rosetta stone is for you rosetta stone is the most trusted language learning program available on desktop or as an app and it truly immerses you in the language that you want to learn rosetta stone has been the trusted expert for 30 years with millions of users and 25 languages to offer including spanish french italian german korean chinese japanese and so many more and it immerses you in many many ways it has no english translations which means that you really learn to speak listen and think in that language and i also love that it has speech recognition it has a built-in true accent feature which gives you feedback on your pronunciation it's literally like having a personal trainer for your accent besties don't put off learning that language there's no better time than right now to get started and for a very limited time i missed me's listeners can get rosetta stone's lifetime membership for 50 off visit rosettastone.com today again besties that's 50 off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life i love you besties and i I can't wait for you guys to start learning a new language. Besties, when I first started podcasting, an online store was the furthest thing from my mind. Now I'm selling hoodies with positive messages on the back and it is so easy all just because of Shopify. Shopify is a global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online store stage to the first real life store stage and all the way to the did we just hit a million order stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere from their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system wherever and whatever you're selling. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout, 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Besties, I truly cannot recommend Shopify enough. You guys know that I have a business and it is hosted on Shopify. So besties, sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash mafiansudis, all lowercase at shopify.com slash mafiansudis now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in. Again, besties, shopify.com slash mafiansudis. Thank you so much, Shopify, for sponsoring today's episode. Hormone Harmony is not just a supplement for women going through menopause, but it has become a phenomenon and women literally cannot stop talking about it on social media to the point where a bottle of Hormone Harmony is sold every 24 seconds. Happy Mammoth, the company that created Hormone Harmony, is dedicating to making women's lives easier. And that means using only science-backed ingredients that have been proven to work for women. They make absolutely no compromise when it comes to quality and it contains science-backed herbal extracts called adaptogens. And the cool thing about adaptogens is that they help the body adapt to any stressors like chaotic hormonal changes that happen naturally throughout the woman's life. Besties, Hormone Harmony isn't just for menopause, but any women with symptoms of hormonal imbalances can take it. There is no better feeling and benefit than feeling like yourself again, and that is what Hormone Harmony is for. For a limited time, you can get 15% off your entire first order at Happy Mammoth just using your code MAFIANSURES at checkout. Besties, that's happymammoth.com using the code MAFIANSURES at checkout for 15% off today. Thank you so much. Happy Mammoth for sponsoring today's episode. Podcast, it's all big marketing thing, but these take days to do. And it's also super inconsistent, especially social media. You can be here, and then you can be here, and yeah. you can stay here for the longest time. And 
all of this depends on this line of like going up and down. So. Yeah. And so I think that's another thing that people need to take into account when starting a business as well is that you have to also build a hardcore returning fan base basically that loves your product because a lot of times you're not just going to keep skyrocketing with getting new consumers it's going to be a lot of the people that just keep coming back for new purchases so even when you're not doing that well on social media you have to keep going at it because it's for those people too Mm -hmm. that are going to keep coming back and purchasing I think if I could say everything to learn about business, it would be right away, just fail hard, fail fast. Yeah. It was something that I learned in my MBA program because everyone's so scared to start a business because you don't want to fail. I mean, you were probably terrified. Yeah. (laughs) Especially being so young. Yeah. And so it doesn't matter how old you are, how young you are, you're going to be scared to start a business and fail. And as people, we have a tendency to hold on to our failures. I mean, think about it. When you haven't done something and it didn't execute in the way you wanted to, you probably thought about it for months, if not years. And you think about it every day. But when you succeed, you, what, celebrate for an hour and you move on. You don't think of it again. Mm, That's so true. And so when you are holding on to these failures, you're actually continuously setting your up yourself Yourself up for more failure failure because it's bleeding in so in my mba program it was fail hard fail fast which means try what you want to do what you're testing out as hard as you can and if you fail let it go Hmm. don't hold on to it fail fast let it go go back to the drawing board and be like you know what these seven things went wrong these three things went well why did these seven things go wrong why did these three things go well okay now you have it figured out go back out and try it again you're probably going to fall Again, but now maybe you got five things right. Mm-hmm. What would be your biggest advice when it comes to like getting rid of fear of starting a business? Because sometimes the fear is just maybe there's not enough space for me. You know, like there's millions of cosmetic brands. Why would there be space for me? There's millions of clothing brands. Why would there be space for me? Like how get rid of that fear of there's space for you because there was space for them. So what I'm about to say is going to sound so morbid, but if you stick with me, it makes sense. How to get rid of fear, at least for me, was I realized that every second I'm alive is one second closer to dying. Every second that ticks by, I am closer to like my demise. And if there's one thing all humans have in common is we're all going to pass away Mm -hmm. one day. We won't be here forever. And I don't know when that's going to be. You know, knock on wood that I don't get into a car accident, but it's possible I can get into a car accident on my way home. It's possible I can get an illness in 10 years, or it's possible I live to 100, and I got 70 more years left in me. But people act as if we do have a... have So much time. So much time. They act as if we're all going to live to 100. And, okay, today's not today. Next year's not right either. I'm going to wait until I'm ready. You may never get there because you may not live as long as you're thinking. So... If you're alive right now and this is what you want to do, that means you're ready and it's the right time because you may not have tomorrow. Mm-hmm. And we have two choices in life. You can lay on your deathbed and think, shoulda, woulda, coulda. Man, I wish I could do all of this over again. I would have done this differently. Or you can lay on your deathbed and be like, man, I did it all. Mm-hmm. I don't need to come back here. Don't send me back down to earth. It was rough, but I had a great time. I'm done. Mm-hmm. You know, and I think I think of that every day. I think of... Do I want to look back on my life and think, man, what if I would have just tried? What could have happened? Mm. 
Or do I want to look back on my life and be like, man, I tried everything. Maybe it didn't all it work didn't out. It didn't work out, but I tried. But I did my best. And I lived my life. Hmm. And I think everyone should try to do everything they've ever wanted to, all while they can, for as long as they can. I love that. I want to talk a little bit more about the podcast. How does the idea start? Was it inspired by your childhood, everything that you went through? Yeah, so how the podcast started was it actually started back in 2020 on YouTube and no one watched. Okay. Like I, I just want to make it so clear that like, I'm a lawyer and a business owner. I'm not an influencer. <laughs> so like, it's not like I've been rocking around with a big following for a long time. And again, like I'm a normal person. So <laughs> I think my following's really big, but to like influencers, they'd probably be like, oh, it's a couple hundred thousand. Like it's really, no but I'm normal. I love how you separate influencers <laughs> and normal people. Yeah, normal, <laughs> because like, sometimes they are unreal. Like, <laughs> I love that. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm normal. I'm, I'm a normal person, it's crazy. No, seriously, I'm like, I'm a normal person. Like, yay, <laughs> 10 people thought this was interesting. That's a lot of people or something, but bad. And that's another thing about social media is like, oh, fuck, I, ha I got 200 views. This failed. And it's like, if 200 people were looking at you, like straight in the eyes, you would be terrified. Oh, yeah. Like, yeah, I mean, I have to sit in front of 12 strangers to argue for someone's life. And let me tell you, it's terrifying. Right. So if I had 200 people staring at me, I would just go sit down. Imagine, like... Like, it's a lot of people. And I think, too, like with social media, at the end of the day... You just have to be authentic to yourself and have fun with it. And then as long as it's something that you're actually enjoying doing, if something comes from it, great. If nothing comes from it, who cares? It's a hobby. You're just having a good time. Yeah. You know, I think people need to take the pressure off of it. But with the defense rest, it actually started off in 2020 during COVID. So I had just graduated law school. And in December of 2019, I had just found out I passed the bar exam. And then wow. I took the, I had already passed the moral character exam as well, passed law school, passed the bar exam. And then in February of 2020, I took something called the NPRE. And this is the final exam that you need to become a licensed attorney. And then COVID was announced and everything shut down. And two days later, I found out I passed, but I couldn't swear in. Right, you couldn't do anything. <laughs> because no courtrooms were open. And so I... I couldn't get a legal license. I couldn't do anything. And so I started donating some of my time to uh, free work for legal aid clinics. But there wasn't even enough I can do because I wasn't a student, but I wasn't a lawyer. I was in this really weird gray space. And so I started making these videos because I had all this legal education, all this legal knowledge. And I think you only realize how disgusting the legal system is, the criminal justice system is, Damn. if you've been in it. Yeah. Whether that's an unfortunate circumstance to where you or your family are in it, or you're a lawyer. I can't even imagine, because I feel like everyone knows how disgusting it is outside of it. Like, yeah. being inside of it, I can't even imagine. Oh, it's so much worse. I, so It's so, so much worse. And, um, you know, there's... I saw all of these lawyers that were not criminal defense attorneys and they were getting really big on social media and they were talking about criminal defense. And I was like, man, people actually need to know what it's like from someone that is in it, like a, a public defender, someone that's in it, you know, as deep as you can get in it. 
And so I created these videos where I would break down very infamous criminal trials. It's not true crime. If you're looking for an investigation, you're not going to find it here. It's literally just starting from the second you enter a not guilty plea until you get the verdict. And That's I... so interesting. I love that. Yeah. I love that type of content. And so people... I wanted to educate people on what the system really is because those juries, a lot of times they get to the verdicts that they have because they only have a fraction of the evidence. Mm. And so through these podcasts, I get to divulge all of the evidence because it's going to come out through something called motions in limine. Mm. And then you're going to be able to see exactly how much power the government has on deciding. <laughs> I'm not going to let that evidence in. I'm not going to let that witness in. I'm not going to let that alibi in. So now you're stuck with a gutted defense and people don't realize that these motions are held on the eve of trial. The mm -hmm. day before trial happens. So you're screwed. You have nothing to do. You either plea out or you go forward with a gutted defense. And so I wanted to help educate people on the justice system. To like get them everything aware. that's going on. Yeah. To get them aware of just how flawed, how racist how classist the system really is and hopefully it could start doing because the power of people is amazing you know hopefully it could start doing something the more people know and then also in it as well like the youtube version because look i'm not mother Teresa. i don't go around just for the goodwill of everybody else i am also a working class person a so, normal person <laughs> i'm a normal working class person that's rocking out paycheck to paycheck right so it's not like i'm sitting up here preaching from like this high horse i'm on the floor with everyone else so the youtube version of it all is like I'm talking about the trial, but I'm using makeup for my own small business. So it also is able to, as a marketing standpoint, be able to promote my small business through a topic that a lot of people do want to learn about. So being in it and and getting and knowing as much information as you do, it can be extremely overwhelming. And I think it's something that I could never get myself into because I would be like generally so physically angry at, at having like so much information that people don't see but I admire you so much for that being in it do you do you was has it kind of ever been a point where you're like I wish I could have just never entered it because of how much like I know and I can't do anything about it you know or has it made you more passionate about it no I think um just being honest there are a lot of times in my life where I sit there and I think and why did I choose this path? Um, like, sometimes it's just better to not know and live at peace, you know? Yeah, like, I mean, I, especially when you do public defense and stuff like that, and criminal defense in general, you have the ugliest parts of the world screaming in your ear at all time, right? Like, not only am I surrounded by murder all the time, yeah. but I'm also looking at the ugliest parts of what people can do and also the ugliest parts of what the system can do. Yeah. And so I think there's a lot of times where I sit there and I think, why didn't I, why didn't I choose something else? Like <laughs> I want to break. I'm exhausted. I'm mentally exhausted, but I think at the same time with what I do, there has been so much good hmm. coming from what I do, you know, in, um, a couple of months, I go forward with something called an evidentiary trial off of habeas corpus, uh, and the Innocence Project is in on it too. So, you know, if I win, 
I'm freeing someone from prison mm. that's innocent. And I've gotten wow. someone, I've gotten a couple people out of prison before that wow. didn't commit murder. And I've also prevented people from going to prison that were innocent as well through um, the first trial phase of litigation. So I think that good definitely outweighs the bad, but on a very honest level, I don't think it's possible to do what I do forever. I think yeah. mentally I won't be able to do it um, hmm. for long periods of time. Hmm. After, you know, going through your childhood and therapy and, you know, finding self-love, how do you then find uh, forgiveness for people, for yourself, for not knowing any better, for, you know, going through what you went through? I think a lot of people just, you know, carry resentment for a long time and it does no good to it's literally yeah. like carrying poison so how do you find forgiveness so <laughs> i actually don't think i need to forgive people right now that doesn't mean that's super carry, valid too yeah like i don't think i need to carry hatred around i think if yeah. i'm carrying hatred or resentment and anger i need to release that in some manner i need to find out how to release that and i held on to it for a really long time and then, you know, through my healing journey and stuff, I've realized, you know, I don't forgive those people because they are sublimely awful mm -hmm. individuals. And there's some people that actually don't deserve forgiveness, but they also don't deserve my time. And mm -hmm. so I need to acknowledge and understand that their actions also probably came from a place of hurt mm -hmm. and a place of their own trauma and I feel sorry for them to be in that much pain that you have become that awful of a person mm. and you're obviously not dealing with it. And I, not that I have forgiveness, but I, I have acceptance. remorse for you. Yeah. I have acceptance. I, I have sorrow for you in mm. the pain that you're in. Now I'm just going to still remove myself because I don't want to, I don't want you to bleed on me yeah. just because you're bleeding yourself. And then from there, after understanding that that's probably why they're acting the way that they are, I'm able to forgive myself because now I realize it wasn't because of me. They didn't do that because of me. Yeah. I can't blame myself for the shitty actions of shitty people. Mm -hmm. I can acknowledge why they had their actions. And now I can work on the person that's worth forgiving, are. which is me, mm. for something I didn't even do. And not to say that I don't believe in forgiveness. I think good people, people in general, always make mistakes. We're flawed. We're humans. And forgiveness should be given to those that have a place and a purpose in your life that are overall for the good of your life mm. that just make human mistakes. But when it comes to a toxic relationship or a toxic parent, you don't have to forgive. You can acknowledge that their actions are stemming from themselves and mm. nothing to do with you. And you can remove yourself and release it because like you said if i hold on to anger mm. and resentment i'm just gonna end up just like them mm -hmm. and i'm gonna bleed onto someone else yeah like sometimes it's, it's not forgiveness it's just acceptance and and moving moving on what are where what, what are those like non-negotiables that you have today in your life of like people that i will not accept you if you don't have these, these this this and that I think one is kindness. I think the only thing I can really never forgive is being purposely mean. I think that's just a, a whole different low of a kind of person when you're purposely out there trying to hurt others. That's horrible. So I think 
kindness. I think how I see them treat people, how you treat your server is exactly how you should treat the celebrity. Mm -hmm. You know, um, how you treat people that look different than you, that believe differently than you. Um, I think honesty is a really big thing too. You can't build uh, a genuine foundation of any type of relationship without pure honesty. And I think authenticity. You know, I think I'm at a point in my life where I just, I don't want to be surrounded by like carbon copies of whatever's trending on social media right now. I don't want you to act out the mob wife aesthetic. I don't want you to act out the clean girl aesthetic. I don't want you to act out whatever's trending. I just want you to be yourself and be authentic because I think when people are unique to themselves, it inspires me to also better myself and Mm -hmm. stay true to myself as well. And also remind you that it is okay to be unique to to yourself. I mean, it's not just okay to be different. It's fucking beautiful to be different. And I think people need to realize that. Mm. And once you do... Like normalize that more than... Yeah, than trends. Because I think once you start normalizing being different and being unique, you bring authenticity and authenticity will bring honesty and honesty will bring kind actions Mm -hmm. and understanding to people that aren't like you. Mm Mm-hmm. Before we finish off today's episode and I ask you the last question, I have a little gift for you. I have a clothing brand and the message behind it is that we're all strangers healing together. Um, Oh, that is beautiful. Yeah. (laughs) Oh my God. Um, We're all going through something and that the other person might not know, but you can change someone's lives uh, with a word, with an action. And yeah, we're all just strangers healing together. So this is for you. Super emotional. (laughs) Oh, that is beautiful. Yeah, thank you. (laughs) Oh my God, that made me like super emotional. That's such a beautiful mission. So now that you have that, my last question for you is, what does healing mean to you? Freedom, peace, stability, control, confidence, and self-love. I love that. Thank you so much Thank for you so being much with for me. having me. Where can people find you, your podcast, your makeup brand? Yes. So you can find everything on social media. So TikTok and Instagram. Um, my personals is Rachel underscore underscore Diane um, for both TikTok and Instagram. And then at my royalty cosmetics for Instagram and TikTok mm-hmm. for my business page. And then for the podcast, you could go on Apple, Spotify, Google, YouTube. And it's just the defense rests mm-hmm. under the legal lens go check her out thank you guys so much for watching i love you guys so much i will see you guys on our next episode and don't forget that we're all strangers healing together with love mafi mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. 
Shop these deals at your local Kroger today or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.